Hi there. Welcome to the With Ingram series of podcasts. I'm Philip Ingram, and today on episode nine, I'm talking to Adam Welsh and Romeo Dircher from DJI. Warning, you might actually learn something. We're very fortunate to have two people um, for this interview. We've got Adam Welsh and Romeo Dircher from DJI. Now, rather than me introduce them, I'll let them introduce themselves to the audience. Adam. Yeah, so uh, I lead the policy efforts for DJI in the Asia Pacific, which means I, de- I, I meet with regulators and talk about how to integrate drones into the airspace safely. And I'm the director of public safety integration at DJI, and uh, in my position, I really work closely with public safety entities from fire, law enforcement, search and rescue to really understand the needs and the challenges that they face in, in their workflows and how our technology can help uh, improve their workflows. Now you're one of the leading Chinese manufacturers in the globe uh, with the products that you produce. You're both working in regulatory and government areas. Certain governments in the world have put restrictions um, or there are reported restrictions on the use of DJI products in government applications. Can you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yes, there are some agencies that have sought more information about where data flows. Uh, and they are also others that have put restrictions on purchase, but they've also put place, in place waiver programs to enable the use of the product even when those restrictions are in place. So our products are still being used by many of these agencies. Um, if you think about it, effectively what they're looking at is adoption of what is a consumer off-the-shelf product for the most part, and they want to make sure that the right protocols are in place for the safe use of, uh, and, and for, to ensure there's no data leakage. If we really want to talk about where data goes, Um, Effectively, if you're operating outside of China and you opt in to share your data, it will all go to American servers. So first you have to opt in to share your flight logs, you have to opt in to share any video. Otherwise, we don't take any of it. But if you do opt in, it all all basically resides on on, uh, servers in the U.S. So if it's a service in the U.S., that means under the U.S. Patriot Act, the U.S. government has complete access to it if you're a non-U.S. citizen. So effectively what we do is like, we give people the, the ability not to opt in. So if you don't want to share your data, you don't have to share the data with us. Uh, we also uh, have local data mode, which means you won't be transmitting anything over the Internet. And we've had all of this uh, verified through an audit system. So we went to an outside audit uh, firm called Kivu, and they looked at our source code, and they bought our product off the shelf. We didn't give them the product and they did a complete teardown to verify that the, the, the data is secure with the user. Now the other thing with the products that we're getting out there and we're, as we're starting to see them used in more sophisticated applications is the cyber integrity of them. The, the drones we saw with Gatwick in the UK, the havoc that was caused by um, a drone flying into airspace, you know, hacking a drone or hacking any electronic device um, is one of the biggest concerns that there is in the security community. What are DJI doing to make sure that um, your products are, uh, have got that sort of cyber safety built in? Yeah, so we, uh, we upgraded our, our command and control link to the OcuSync protocol. This is proprietary to us and has a higher level of encryption. And on some of our enterprise class drones, we also have AES-256 encryption on board for both the video link and for the command and control link. Now, drones in particular um, can be a force for the good, or as I mentioned earlier, they can um, be used for um, not so good purposes. Um, where does the balance lie? And, and you know, how is how's, how's that going to say? How do we ensure that people just use them for the good? That's a very good question. And uh, 
as the leading manufacturer of consumer and commercial drones, we want to be engaged in these discussions. Ultimately, the drone operator has the responsibility to fly according to the laws and regulations of where he or she is operating under. And that's our expectation. But we want to help with the education component and give uh, first-time drone users the opportunity through our app to get a knowledge test done. We've already implemented that in the UK, in Australia and the United States to help these first-time drone operators to understand the local laws and regulations. And furthermore, we're enhancing the safety and security features of our platforms constantly. And we will be very soon implementing additional alert features to alert drone operators when they start operating beyond line of sight so that they understand that they're doing something that they, they're not supposed to be doing. We have active uh, altitude limitations implemented so that the operators can't go above certain altitudes. And we will continue to improve upon these features so our customers, hobbyists or commercial operators, know what they can and what they can't do through our technology. No, I know from my own drone, if I try to fly it too high or too far, it's very quick to tell me. Um, or try to launch it in a place where um, there are certain restrictions. Again, it's very good to tell me. And a fantastic, useful bit of software. You, you've got a relationship with the European Emergency Number Association. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that and, and, and why you're there and how important that is? Yeah, that's a very good question. So we partnered with ENA, the European Emergency Number Association, uh, which is a non-governmental agency based in Brussels to really bring new technologies into the public safety to help uh, enable these uh, different public safety agencies with, with newer technologies, make their jobs more safe, but ultimately help the people keep them more safe. And uh, we, we partnered with them over three years ago to better understand how are drones helping public safety. With the, uh, through the ENA program, we built four pilot test sites in Europe, and uh, we have the ability to go into those test sites and test new technologies from hardware to software solutions, but then also actively as a consortium uh, work on better uh, legislative approaches to drones and the integration into airspace and also learn how these technologies really are impacting public safety. Uh, just recently we did a research study uh, in regards to search and rescue and we wanted to compare how drones are helping search and rescue and compare it to the traditional method. And those data points are extremely helpful to further the improvements of software and hardware solutions. Now, as you're furthering the improvement, um, we're seeing countries are recognizing what they're seeing as, as a threat and bring in greater regulation. But there seems to be a disparity in what is good regulation and what is oppressive regulation in different countries around the world. Is there a sort of gold standard? Is there something that, from a manufacturer's perspective, that you'd, you'd recommend that you think should be in and is a sensible regulation to apply? Yeah, I mean, we put out a, a, a white paper recently about, about three or four weeks ago on elevating safety on, and it, it con contains core areas we think needs, uh, needs more attention. But most, most uh, leading jurisdictions where the, where the technology is being uh, adopted have reasonable operational guidelines in place. Things like don't fly within a certain distance of airports, don't fly overhead, those sorts of basic operational guidelines that, that guarantee a modicum of safety. Um, I think that the next areas that, that we advocate for and we would like to see more of are registration, so we have some sort of accountability built into the system. 
education, which is not overly burdensome because we want compliance with the education system, so we want it to be easy and preferably no cost or low cost. And then I think the, the, the key part we would like to see uh, even more happen with is remote identification. So um, if you think about the ability of a registration system where you have a database of serial numbers, identifying who owns that, that, uh, that drone, and then if you have a remote identification system, you literally have the same sort of ability a police officer has when they pull over a car on the side of the road. They can look at that remote ID, that serial number they're getting from the, from the receiving station, and know who should be operating that drone. Uh, and also they can li live track and actually make, uh, you know, actually see whether people are, are busting altitude limits, flying beyond visual line of sight, and start to enforce the existing laws. So we think that's a key component. Now, DJI are known for the drones, but you produce a number of other products that are out there in the market. Do you want to just give us, uh, and those that are watching, a, a quick overview of the other things that they should be looking out for and trying to find? Yeah, so DJI is not only a, a, an aerial company, but we're also a camera company, camera system company with stabilized gimbal systems for ground operations, handheld operations, and we have a variety of different products uh, from the consumer side with a small little uh, handheld camera that stabilizes to more professional setups that uh, we were seeing in Hollywood being utilized. So we have that component, and just very recently we've also introduced uh, RoboMasters, which is a, a small car, educational uh, car in essence, that, that you build together and then you can code students can code and do certain tasks and and all these technologies are helping uh, the next generation of engineers and scientists and explorers to to build upon and and I, I'm super excited about this because uh, we have a great opportunity to influence our next generation and our technology is helping not only those students but the future workforce on doing their jobs better more effective and safer well, I have to admit to everyone that I'm a bit of a DJI fan myself um, with some of the stuff that I've got, but it's been a real pleasure getting to know more about uh, what you're doing in Asia-Pacific and what DJI is doing across the globe. But thank you very much indeed for giving your time up to come and speak to us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you.